what are you doing to take care of your gut? Gut health is one of the most important factors in taking care of your immunity, and my guests today are seasoned experts in the world of natural health, plant-based nutrition, endurance fitness, and naturally fermented alcoholic beverages for health-conscious athletes. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 367, Probiotics and Plant-Based Fitness with Brendan Brazier and Mark McTavish. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guests today are the founders of Pulp Culture, a naturally fermented alcoholic beverage based on 100% raw fresh juice that contains B vitamins and 6 billion probiotics. Brendan Brazier is a well-known vegan athlete, author, and founder of Vega, an industry leader in plant-based nutrition. Mark McTavish is an entrepreneur and founder of 101 Cider House. I'm thrilled to have both Brendan and Mark here on the show today. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So let's just jump in with a quick little bio of each of you. Uh, Brendan, we'll begin with you. Uh, just give us a quick highlight reel of some of the work that you've done and, uh, and what you do now. Well, it started off, I'd uh, triathlon professionally for seven years, Ironman triathlon back in my 20s, and then co-founded a company called Vega, which was that's 16 years ago now, with uh, with my partner Charles back back then, and uh, we since sold it. We sold it five years ago to Danone, that now owns it and distributes it all over the place. I'm still involved, but uh, no longer own any of it, and, uh, and now Mark and I work together on a new project that, that we'll talk about today, Fermented Juice, which is something that I've, I've learned a ton about, and, and Mark's, Mark's really taught me a lot there. So that's, uh, the, yeah, from kind of where I was to, uh, to what we're doing now. Excellent. And, and Mark, what about you? Uh, I'm Canadian as well, just like Brendan. I actually moved down to Los Angeles about six years ago, and uh, when I came down, I had just left the fitness industry for about a decade and uh, had pre- spent time previous to that in the beverage world, so I've always been a, a passionate uh, beverage enthusiast and, and fitness enthusiast, and I wanted to come up with a, an idea that would merge those two paths together. So I set out on a mission to, to create the world's healthiest alcoholic beverages, and that's what I've been doing here in, in L.A. for the last number of years now. And I uh, met Brendan a couple of years ago. He had picked up our product, which is called 101 Cider House. It's a sour cider that we make here in L.A., um, but he picked it up on the shelf and uh, he, he found out that after 14 years of not drinking, that drinking could be good for you. And he really enjoyed the product. So he reached out and we got connected. And a couple of years now, fast forward to now, uh, we're business partners. We launched Pulp Culture this year, which is our new brand. And uh, we're just trying to make uh, the healthiest alcoholic beverages we can. And uh, we, we truly view ourselves as making fermented beverages that happen to contain alcohol. Yeah, that's a great perspective. And it's, it's a unique one, I know, in, in terms of the world of alcohol and definitely with kind of the the healthy kind of food movement. And that's one thing with the plant-based movement, especially, I want to get to now. I mean, you know, I went vegan about 10 years ago, and I've followed kind of plant-based evolutions ever since then a lot more closely. And I'm curious, just from your guys' perspective, especially, you know, Brendan having worked with I mean, Vega as a product that I've used personally for a long time, what do you think has, has changed in the plant-based movement over these last few years? Like, where... Where is it now compared to where it was even a few years ago? Yeah, the last few years, it's been pretty amazing, really, to see the the, the interest change. Because back when I started, I've been vegan now 30 years since I was 15. And back then, it, you know, I felt great doing it. And it was just something that I did on my own. And I didn't even really talk about it in the beginning. I just felt good doing it. And 
Yeah, the last few years in particular, it's really, really uh, come a long way. Uh, Game Changer is a film that I think really helped a lot of people understand. I, I know that was uh, a big part for Mark as well. I took Mark to an advanced screening of that. I'm one of the EPs on on the film. And so Mark and I went to this advanced screening a while back now, almost two years ago, I think. And, and Mark's been vegan ever since. So I thought that was really cool that you know, film would have an impact um, on someone so directly, which is great. Obviously, that's that's what the plan was. And and there's just so many options now. You know, Beyond Meat, of course, has done an amazing job with education around it, and then of course, an amazing product to back that up. And and yeah, we've just seen we've seen big business get into it, which is good. You know, all these big companies now have plant based. Um, alternatives for for burgers or or for shakes as well which um, just wasn't the case a while back and i think that's very positive um i you know some people of course don't like big business in general but i think it can get more good food that's plant-based to more people at a lower cost then that's a good thing all in all yeah certainly and there's no doubt that that's been a major player in the last few years i know even just for me 10 years ago it was much more, I guess, difficult in a sense uh, to make a transition like that. And today there are so many more options that are available. It's, it's really powerful. Um, and just we'll cover this one topic briefly. I will get to it. I know there's a lot to get into here. But what would you say are kind of like the major health benefits of a plant based diet? And if somebody did make a switch to that, like what kinds of, I guess, lifestyle or, or, or health changes might they experience um, if, you know, plants become the kind of the central role in their diet? Well, for me, my experience was, like I said, it was a while back now, um, but a reduction in inflammation. As an athlete, you train a lot, you build up a lot of inflammation. You can bring that down with a more alkaline, plant-based diet, lots of greens, lots of chlorophyll. It's really going to make a big difference. I found it increased my range of motion. Pretty sure it reduced my my risk of injury. Um, I, I just wasn't getting injured, whereas a lot of people who were doing the same kind of training were. Better sleep quality. I would sleep more deeply, I found, and I would wake up fresh and rested, wouldn't crave caffeine or sugar. So I found I was just getting, when I, when I was asleep, I was more asleep. And when I was awake, I was more awake. It just, it really had that um, that divide. You know, some sometimes I think for people, that line between being asleep and being awake becomes blurred. They're not sleeping well. So when they're awake, they're not really fully awake. So it's, I noticed that. Um, and yeah, leaner. And just just better in general, just feeling better. Like I say, digestion was a big part of it. Um, so those are some of, some of my experiences from from the beginning there. And Mark, what about you in terms of your recent uh, switch there? Yeah, I mean, I think energy and inflammation are the two things that come most to mind. But it's more so a philosophy. I think if you want to do better in life, you you gravitate towards certain things and. Nowadays, I think the reason that plant-based uh, as a movement has really exploded is because you have such a large audience of educated consumers who now all have the information that they need. It's now left up to them to decide, do they want to do better for themselves, the people around them and the world, or do they want to not do better for all of those involved? So I think uh, people have a greater conscience about things now. They're more educated. And I think when you give people the education and set them down a path, then you have to give them the opportunities to plug into that as well. It's kind of like you know, buying an electric vehicle, but having nowhere to charge it, you know? Mm. So, you know, going plant-based is great if you're, you know, cooking at home or eating at home rather and, and buying your own groceries and just you're at home all day long. And I think during a pandemic now you can do that, but for all the years leading up to now, uh, you would have places like New York and LA and Toronto and Vancouver. There were great spots to be for someone following a plant-based lifestyle, but 
you're in the Midwest of the country, where are you going to go eat? You know, um, even here in Los Angeles, there are many times where you sit down at a restaurant and they have one vegan option. And it's almost an insult to you if you're living a plant-based lifestyle and you think <laughs> there's 30 items on the menu and 29 of them have animal-based products or meat in the, in the, in the, in the product or in the, in the plate. So, you know, it's, it's sort of confusing, I think, at first when people want to make a, a better choice for themselves, but they find it's not really available to them. And, and it becomes disheartening. So I think nowadays you're seeing a lot of change on a larger scale because now the infrastructure is in place to support it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, I went vegan living in Nashville and I still live there today. And so living in the, the South, uh, the options are definitely different than they are on, on the coast. And so I can definitely speak to my own personal experience there that, yeah, it's great to see options available for so many people. Um, one thing I would definitely want to hit on today as well is, is probiotics. This is a topic that you know plays, I think, pretty deeply into uh, pulp culture, which is your guys' product that we're going to talk about as well. What do you think is the real kind of, I guess, benefit of prioritizing gut health, and, and how do probiotics uh, play into that? So I started learning about probiotics quite a while ago now and included them in the first formulation of Vega back 16 years ago. And really seemed to find that uh, I just felt better. I just didn't have the bloating. I, I I don't think I needed to eat as much because from what I was reading and, and researching at the time, when um, food is passed through your stomach, your body's not totally done with it. It goes into both the large and small intestine and your body can still extract nutrients from it if it has healthy intestinal flora. So I found that I just didn't get as hungry. I, I would get full on less food, which I thought was kind of interesting too, because of course your body's just being more efficient with it and, and able to pull out more nutrients. So, um, yeah, it's been something that I've always, um, valued since then. And now there's a lot of research coming out about the brain gut connection. So if you have healthy, healthy gut and healthy intestinal flora, there are less chances that you'll, you'll have some brain issues later down the road. Some research suggests as well as uh, better mental clarity and focus as well. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then of course, yeah, what what we're doing here, Mark and I um, just naturally creates probiotics through fermentation. So it's um, you know obviously in line with all of that. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply.
And so let's get to, I guess, the product itself with, with Pulp Culture. What have you guys created? I, you, you sent me a sample, which I love, uh, but I want you to kind of let our audience know a little more about kind of what this product is, how it works, um, how it plays into, I guess, the kind of that healthy balance between alcohol and plant-based food. It sounds like, a, you know, a, a controversy waiting to happen, but I'm just curious as to what, how does that work well together? So, Jeff, you know, first and foremost, I think people categorize alcoholic beverages as beverages that were intentfully made to contain alcohol. When, truth be told, alcohol is a natural byproduct of something we call fermentation, which is a natural God-given science. You know, it's something that Mother Nature gave to us. uh, And we discovered, of course, as human beings, how to work with that. But back in the day, we didn't have refrigeration. We didn't have places to keep things uh, shelf stable uh, for, you know, through the winter or for whatever period of time we needed to access those products, whether they were, you know, vegetables or fruits. Um, We had ways of preserving them through making jams and jellies and pickling and fermenting them. So, you know, there there are definitely, uh, I think, um, things to bring up here historically that where we've added value for society when looking at fermentation and fermented foods, a lot of people have existed in a world where they were a big part of that. You know, I think in Korea and Japan, people look at fermented foods as as a health science. It's something that gives to their body, it helps their gut, but it's also providing them a shelf stability and a way to maintain uh, preservation of food. So, you know, in Canada where I grew up, we did that. You know, you would store stuff in your cellar through the winter and you'd be able to eat those strawberries or those cucumbers because you pickled them and preserved them. So. I think the natural science of fermentation is really interesting and exciting. And I think when we talk about fermented foods, people get excited because they think that that's going to be gut healthy. There's going to be probiotics. It's something I'm doing that's good for my body. But as soon as you mention alcohol, they think, oh, it's yeah, it's alcoholic. Yeah, it's a fermented beverage and it contains alcohol. That's not really a health product. That's got to be bad for me, right? Because it contains alcohol. Well, the thing is, it comes down to intention. And when people want to make an alcoholic beverage and that's the only intention they have, you're probably not going to get the healthiest outcome. Where with what we do, we do nothing more than let cold pressed juice sit there for three months and ferment naturally, spontaneously on its own by Mother Nature's devices. So when it's done, you're left with alcohol. Surely that's a part of the process, but you're also getting the full spectrum of outcomes that are beyond alcohol. So you're getting all the organic acids, the live cultures of probiotics. You're getting all sorts of vitamins and nutrients and phytochemicals that are contained in these products Um, It's much more than just alcohol. And when you consume it in that way, it has a very healthy net effect on your body or net impact. This sounds similar to uh, to kombucha. Now, I've drank that for a long time as as a fermented beverage. How does kombucha compare to uh, what you guys have created here? Yeah, I mean, we are everything that kombucha is and then some. And we're kind of all the things that kombucha wishes it could be in a way. Kombucha is, is basically water with sugar added to a SCOBY, which is a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast that eat the sugar uh, to give you alcohol, right? So truth be told, kombucha is alcoholic as well, although a lot of people don't talk about that. Um, but when you ferment sugar and yeast eat that sugar, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to get alcohol no matter what. So you always get alcohol and, and carbon dioxide as a, as a byproduct of that fermentation of sugar. And then when they're done with that, they have something that's probiotic and now slightly alcoholic. And then they typically back sweeten it with fresh pressed juice, right? So that's being put in there to make it taste good, of course. And then it has to be refrigerated because, of course, if you don't refrigerate it, the bacteria and yeast could continue to eat and eat the sugar and result in more alcohol and exploding bottles or exploding cans, whatever it may be. So we're very different in the way that 
we start with 100% cold pressed juice and then we ferment that out fully and completely. So the yeast are done working, the bacteria are done working. You're now left with a, a, sh a shelf stable product that can be kept anywhere in a hundred degree heat in a trunk of your car even. And it's not going to ferment further. It's not going to explode. Um, it's a hundred percent shelf stable, but it is still a living probiotic beverage that happens to contain 6 billion CFUs of probiotics, which is uh, typically anyways on the shelf, you find a billion probiotics in a, in a bottle of kombucha. We're six times greater than that. Yeah, that's impressive. That's definitely a, a thing I would never expect to hear from yeah, a traditional kind of alcoholic beverage. Um, you mentioned right. this idea that you would still get the health benefits of the juice. I'm curious as to like what kinds of, of ingredients are you guys including and what kinds of health benefits would somebody kind of expect to get uh, like from one of, your, one of your drinks? Yeah, um, you know, typically we don't guide with claims. We typically guide by ingredients and formulations. So we put in the good stuff and it does what it's supposed to do. We don't need to educate people on, you know, what matcha or ginseng or turmeric or, you know, super mushrooms, what these things might do for you. Typically, our consumer that we're targeting are people that already understand the value proposition of those ingredients. So we choose uh, from source verified uh, suppliers and we're working with things that are non-GMO and, and, and produce the right way. And then we're choosing the right ingredients to intentfully uh, produce blends or formulations that we come up with that you know, really speak to a certain function. So when you're consuming an alcoholic beverage and you want to get an uplifting experience, we have, you know, from pulp culture, we have the think and we have the hustle. And those are a couple of beverages that you could look to if you wanted to just get after your day, be productive, be creative. This is an alcoholic beverage that you could reach for that would complement uh, those parts of your day. And then if you wanted to sort of turn it down, you're looking for a more down tempo experience. We have the restore and we have the relax. And, you know, they're speaking to a function in the way that if you're looking to just de-stress de, 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 uh, de or, you know, kind of tone it down at the end of the day, you can consume these products and it might complement that phase in your day as well. So with 101 Cider House, our cider brand, we don't do that. We don't speak to the function per se, but we do talk about them being zero sugar and probiotic and very good for you. Uh, but we kind of leave it to the consumer to decide based on their level of education, what is the desired outcome and what is the intention of picking up this product? Yeah, that's great. Um, I know that one thing you guys focus on a lot with your company is being sustainable. And I'm curious, how does that play into, I guess, the, the cultivation process of pulp culture? Personally, for me, I think this is something that uh, it's one of the things that drew me into this. Um, of course, one of the reasons I like eating plant-based too, just sustainability aspects around that. But um, we've just gotten together an eco report and, and Mark can expand on this in a minute here. But I thought was really interesting is because of course apples are dry farmed. So the, we get them from the Pacific Northwest. So the snow of course melts on the mountains and then it runs down to um, the, the groundwater and the, the long roots from the, the apple trees, pull it up into the apples. And then we of course press them. So they don't need to be irrigated the way crops would. So if you're growing crops, so for example, sugarcane that you're going to feed to kombucha, um, you, you need cropland, um, and that takes a lot of irrigation, or whether you're growing wheat or or barley for, for beer or whatever you're growing to uh, to make spirits out of. So it's, it's a really good way of doing it. Um, obviously, uses far less water, and being a California brand, we're very mindful of that. And also, too, the CO2 capture of the, the trees, the apple trees, as opposed to crops that then uh, get pulled out and don't, uh, don't retain any of that CO2 um, in them. So... 
those are two of the aspects that I think are pretty interesting, but there are a lot more around that too. But like I say, as a California brand, we really wanted to uh, be, be as efficient as we possibly could with water. Um, and then energy use too is far less because we just let it ferment naturally. We don't have it. We don't have to heat the tanks or there's no cooling. There's no refrigeration needed because it's shelf stable. So there's a lot of energy savings as well beyond um, even just the, the water. And Mark, I guess the uh, it's an eco report. Uh, yeah, we basically just put together a, a summary of of the environmental impacts that we uh, include as a part of you know our process start to finish. You know, from raw materials to finished goods. So that's something we're going to be talking more about, posting on our website, telling more of that story because um, we feel like it's really meaningful when you you know have a lot of uh, competitors of ours as an example investing in you know, say 1% for the planet or planting trees or giving back in the ways that they can. Maybe they're cleaning up the oceans. Uh, these are all great ways to give back and, and have an impact for sure. But I think if your product itself is just the cleanest and most sustainable version of a product in this ca- category that it could be, then that's something that we should be telling as well. That story is just naturally a part of what we do. Um, and, you know, I think it's very relevant with today being in California, obviously, you know, water usage is key. Um, but, you know, just producing a product by nature's way, I think if everyone followed that ethos and, and let nature guide them or rather have, have nature guide their process, I think then you, you end up with products that are more sustainable because that's what nature intended. Yeah, I was going to ask in terms of how your company differs, I guess, in terms of other alcoholic beverage companies, because it sounds like your approach is kind of almost the exact opposite of other companies out there. So like, is that the case where you really have kind of, like, I guess, more of like a planet first perspective or a natural first perspective there? Yeah, I think actually, again, it's it's just derivative of our, our natural approach, the, the, the impact on the planet or lack thereof. I think that's not something that we came up with. It's not something we had to create. We didn't have to, you know, work toward that story of being good for the planet. It's just that when you follow Mother Nature's way and do it the way that you were supposed to, which is spontaneous, um, you know, then you end up with a product that is sustainable. And, you know, I I like to use the analogy here of um, if I met you out front of a juice bar and I said, hey, Jeff, you know, can I hold on to that juice for you for three months? And when you come back here, I'll give it back to you. And when I do give it back to you, I won't have opened the container at all. I won't have done anything to it. I haven't added anything or taken anything away. But that cold pressed juice that you're used to drinking after three months is now alcoholic. It's probiotic and doesn't contain any sugar. Would that kind of blow your mind? Yes, yeah, certainly. <laughs> right. And I'm also going to put about $4 back in your pocket because the juice that you purchased for $8 or $7.50 is now $3.50 because that's what we charge for a can of our product. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. 
Now, here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Very impressive. Wow. Yeah, and that's one thing I noticed. I know when I when I tried the product myself, it was I was kind of shocked by how I guess the way the product is marketed on, on the actual can itself. It tells you the ingredients, it tells you a bit of that story. I think that for those who are, I guess, new to that world of fermentation or uh, an alcoholic beverage that is, you know, from the earth to, to a certain degree. I think that the drinking of the process, you're, you're it's almost like you're having a different experience with it than you are just like, say, a typical beer or another alcoholic beverage. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, the, the processes that are involved to make beer, to make wine, to make spirits, it would blow your mind. I mean, they're so complex. They're so full of processing elements and different ingredients and things that are there to ensure that you're going to get a consistent outcome. So every time you drink their product, it should taste the same, look the same, smell the same. You know, it needs to be replicable so they could scale it to a certain level of revenue, right? And, you know, if you look at wine as an example, uh, and I talk about this quite a lot in my day-to-day, I can guarantee that you've never seen ingredients or nutrition facts on a bottle of wine that you've ever consumed. It's just not possible because it's actually illegal. And that just blew my mind when I discovered that. Why is it illegal? The government uh, basically has a regulatory board in place to... Uh, approve formulations and approve labeling, but then it's left to their own devices to do that and kept internally. And they will not allow you to put on your label nutrition facts or ingredients. You'll never see it as a consumer on a shelf. It just will never happen. So regardless of the reasons or the intentions why, I think as consumers, we have to say, well, I don't care why. I want to know what's in my wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely, I and mean, that, that's a, a lot of value in just knowing the story behind what it is you're consuming. I think for me, this was a big part of going plant-based to begin with was that I wanted to know what I was putting in my body. And I think that that's something you guys are, are hitting like right, right in the head there with, with really saying like, this is what this is. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to pull a fermented beverage that happened to contain alcohol out of your garden, the only way to do that would be to pick up our product. We're, we're just so unique in the category. There's nothing else that you could just stumble upon and find that is as close to source or as close to nature as our product is. And we just felt like the world was deserving of that and consumers were deserving of that specifically. And we feel like it requires a lot of education and it requires a lot of back and forth and jumping through hoops and red tape with regulatory boards and people who have maybe never seen something like this before. But Brendan is, uh, you know, he's an evangel evangelist of sorts when it comes to plant-based diet and, you know, living better and doing better for yourself. Brendan's been there as a figurehead for many years now, um, showing consumers the way. I mean, his face and his his name is on every package of Vega as the promise to say, you're doing better in your life if you're consuming this product. So who better to partner with on a product where our whole philosophy is drink better? Yeah, and to that degree, Brennan, I did want to ask you as well, how does a product like Pulp Culture play into, let's say, like someone who has a fitness-based lifestyle? You want to be fit, you want to be healthy. I mean, is the alcohol working against that process or is it still is just part of that healthier blend? Well, you know, it's interesting because I hadn't drank at all for 14 years. And then I saw some 101 cider on the shelf about two years ago at Whole Foods here in Venice. And uh, it was a scrumpy one, which has one ingredient. It's just apples, which amazed me. I just, 
I was looking at this can sitting on the shelf and I, I just didn't understand how can you have just apples and have probiotics, have zero sugar, have B vitamins, have organic acids, all these things in this. And so that's how I actually met Mark because I saw that. So I emailed info at 101sider.com. Mark responds right away. Um, he had known of, of me through Vega being in the, the industry, the fitness industry in Canada. So we met up, became friends, started hanging out, and then I got involved and invested in 101, and then we started Paul Cultures together. So that's how that started. And I just thought, well, not drinking for 14 years, the reason I didn't do it was I just never felt great. And I was trying to race professionally. I was trying to build a business. And I thought, I just don't have time for this. I don't have time for hangover. I don't have time for downtime. I have to feel good all the time. So drinking is no longer part of my life. So I cut it out. But then I thought, how bad can an apple be that's just fermented and now has no sugar and probiotics? So I tried it. I liked it. I felt great. I found it helped with digestion. I had it with, with food. And I felt really good after. And I could go to the gym an hour and a half later and feel great. And certainly no, no bad effects at all. In fact, very much the opposite. I felt looser and um, I felt thoughts flowed more easily. And, and I just became a big, big believer in fermented juice. So when Mark and I decided to do pulp culture, it just seemed like a natural fit, adding the adaptogens in, botanical adaptogens and some fermented superfruits as well to make that effect even better. So I don't look at it as all at all as a um, like a, a cheat day or anything like that. Very much uh, far from that. I think this is actually a very healthy thing. And as Mark said off the top, we don't look at this as an alcoholic beverage. It's a fermented beverage. But sure, one of the outcomes of fermentation is alcohol. But alcohol doesn't have to be bad. It can help you um, relax more and just think more freely and just get into a different mind frame. Uh, which I think can bring a lot of value too if you do something good with that. Yeah, certainly. I think it's really powerful that it's yeah not a cheat day. I think that's a really good point to make that it's just part of what you're doing. Um, is there anything else about the product that I did not ask about that you guys want to be sure to mention? I want to mention one thing, Jeff. I just feel like, again, as we talk about alcohol, I feel like that typically dominates the discussion and that happens in our day-to-day. -day. People just assume that we're an alcoholic beverage company, you know, and they think that as consumers, they know everything about alcohol because they've had alcohol. You know, I've had a bunch of drinks in my life. So, yeah, I know what alcoholic beverages are. But if you've been told the wrong story or told a story that isn't true or or most representative of what alcohol really is uh, from nature's perspective, then we've kind of been misguided and misled. And I think it's important to kind of rewrite the script and have people understand that, you know, alcohol and the way that we've consumed it is, you know, not great. I mean, the products that we pick up off the shelf are not well made typically. The alcohol that's in those products was more or less put in the product by intention to get you drunk. And that was sort of your intention from day one when you picked up the product was just to have a drink so you could get drunk, right? But if you're in Europe, as an example, people there drink alcoholic beverages, but they view them as food. It's something else on the table. The intention isn't to get drunk. The intention is to, you know, kick my feet up and enjoy the, this part of my day and do a favor to my body. And it's a gift to the body is to have a, a drink or two, you know, take off the edge, kill the stress. And I think if we look at stress as really the, the culprit here as to why we have a, a drinking problem, maybe that's fair. But I don't think it's fair to say that alcohol is the culprit when we look at our drinking problem as a society. I think behavior is the problem. So, you know, we consume alcoholic beverages uh, mindfully and then we don't have problems. If we consume them unknowingly because we buy the wrong thing and then we consume them in a way that's unmonitored and we drink, you know, 10, 12, 14, 16 drinks and we do that every day of our life 
yeah, that's not going to be good for us, right? So like anything else, alcohol deserves education and a mindful approach and an understanding so that we can do a better job in our experience with it. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the idea of being mindful with it, because I feel like that's really what this is all about, is just the, the awareness, the education piece you just mentioned, and then, of course, being able to integrate those things in a way that is done on purpose. And then so you get the end result that's yeah, probably a healthier end result you're going for. Uh, guys, this has been great. I really want our listeners to learn more about pulp culture and to find out where they can get it uh, for themselves. Uh, so where should they go to, to dig in further? Online is the quickest way, the easiest way. So 101cider.com or pulpculture.la. Pulp um, if you want to find us on Instagram, it's 101cider and at pulpculturejuice. So 101 and, and Pulp Culture are both of our brands. They're both cold pressed juice that's been fermented. They're just designed for a, a bit of a different intention and targeting a different audience. Okay, fantastic. I'll have those links for our listeners this week in the show notes page. And uh, yeah, thanks again, both you guys. It's been really great to dig into these topics. I think they're, it's really important uh, information here. I think this has been a really enlightening. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And thanks for letting us uh, take the stage and spread the good word here. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. And for that action step this week, take care of your gut. Gut health is incredibly important when it comes to immunity and ensuring you operate at your best each and every day. Now, there are many factors that play into a healthy gut, so take the advice from Brendan and Mark seriously as you reshape your diet and fitness routines. And of course, if you are above the legal drinking age, try Pulp Culture and 101 Cider House for a new take on what it means to relax and maintain your healthy lifestyle. For all the links discussed this week, go to the show notes page at jeffsanders.com slash 367. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5am Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.